This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the all-star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered. We're going to talk with former Oakland A and now Seattle Mariner Kendall Graveman, a guy who just got called up, but then he got sent back down. He's going to be up some sometime soon or definitely next year, right-hander James Caprellian. And then we're going to talk to the man who is the manager of the greatest offensive team of all time. We always joke with him. Fran Reardon, AAA manager of the Las Vegas Aviators, who's down in San Jose at the alternate site. So we're going to find out what they're doing. And then Melissa Lockhart, who covers the athletics, especially the minor league system for the athletic, she knows all about Jesus Lazardo, and I bet she is very excited for his debut. But we'll start with Kendall Graveman, who twice was the opening day starter for the Oakland A's. Had Tommy John surgery, making the comeback with the Mariners. We root for him. He's such a good kid. Good people. Here's Kendall. Do we have Kendall Graveman? How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? It's been a while. How's life treating you up there in the Pacific Northwest? It's great. Uh uh-huh. Getting the season on the road and finally being back um, at home for our first series is is nice. The weather's been perfect ever since we get out here, so no complaints over this way. For you as a player, what has it been like to travel? Exciting. <laughs> I've stayed in one place for almost two years. You know, I was in Arizona. So, um, I mean, for me on my end, it, it's been a blast. Uh Travel's been good. Travel's been safe for us, and uh, we've done a good job on this end, the protocol and everything, the the environment right now that we're in. So I think our team's done a great job having leaders stand up, and not to say other teams haven't, but, hey, let's play ball and let's be smart about what we're doing and let's see how many games we can get in this year. And It all starts with how safe we can be. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you said that because it really is about you guys. It's about – Staying to protocol, it's about staying safe, and the only way this thing's going to go if you guys all buy in. For sure, and that's where leadership stands up and, and says, hey, this is what we're about this year. This is what we're dealing with. This is the hand we're dealt. Let's make the most of it, and you know, I've, we've done a good job over here in Seattle, and hopefully every other team has of not complaining and, and, and griping because of some of the changes that are being made, and I mean, heck, the first series we went on, the the food was a little messed up in the clubhouse just because of the environment that we're in. But I mean, there's there wasn't much complaining. We dealt with it. Um, so I think that those little things, there's going to be hiccups along the way. So uh, for me and, and our team, uh, we've got some great leaders over here, Seeger and D Gordon, and some of the guys that uh, we've just been watching, and hopefully myself follow along. The the younger guys have stepped on board and just said, hey, this is what we're going to do. 
you know, one thing watching you with the Oakland Athletics, just, you know, love the two-seamer and the sink. But now we're getting all these reports about how hard you're throwing after Tommy John surgery. What's going on with your velocity? Yeah, man, I'm blessed to be in the situation I'm in to be able to pitch again after coming off of surgery. Uh, actually, yesterday was the two-year mark of surgery. So, man, I, and my last start, it was 808 days from the last time I stepped on the mound, which is was it in an Oakland A uniform before my last start uh, against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, ended up getting a win, and I thought I threw the ball well, and then unfortunately was 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 injured after that. But there's been a ton of work. Um, I started with the A's after my surgery. Um, the clubhouse staff, the the training staff that was in Arizona, those guys that a lot of people don't even know, they're so anonymous, and they did a great job uh, helping. Uh, rehabilitate me and get me back where I am. But then the Cubs, hats off to them for um, picking me up for a year. I was blessed to be in that situation and learn and grow and strengthen over there. And then this opportunity came about. So there's so many people that I need to thank, uh, thank and to get me back to this point and healthy. And it's a lot of anonymous days. You just feel like no one's paying attention, which they're not, and to be expected. But just to put your head down each day, work, and know that the process is going to be 18 months to 24 months. And, man, it's a, it was just such a good feeling to get back out there. Obviously, the numbers didn't show what I wanted to, but uh, there was an accomplishment in my mind to get back on a big league mound. You know, I'm so glad you bring that up, the timeline, because we, we kind of got to a point in the media where we're like, oh, you have Tommy John, you're back in 12 months. And the reality yeah. is it's not – and a guy you know well, we've talked about, uh, him multiple times and and his setbacks, Chris Bassett. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it took a while. And, and for yourself, so it's like for for us to act like, ah, oh, you go under the knife and you're you'll be back in twelve months. That's not really the case. It takes time to come back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and it's not very fair for anybody in that scenario to be put like, oh, he should be good after twelve months. It's really a. I mean, I would say. 18 to 24 months till you feel back yourself. Now you can pitch and you're healthy, but man, there's still days and bringing up Chris Bassett, one of a good friend, good friend of mine. And I told him yesterday, I told him I was thankful after my start. I said, thank you for helping me um, get through some of the tough days because there'd be days where I would be, man, is it torn again? Am I hurt again? It doesn't feel right. And I would call Chris and I would say, Hey, did you deal with this? He was like, yeah. And he would, honestly talked me out of some of the thoughts I was having. And I'm just thankful that he did that to me. And I hope I can be an encouragement to others the way he encouraged me throughout the process, because it's a lonely process and the days are longer when you're rehabbing than when you're playing. And um, it just, uh, you need that support staff around you to help you get through because from a fan fan perspective, it's, Hey, yeah, he'll be back in a year, but it's a little bit more than that. It goes a little deeper. What was it like, and I know I've talked to Chris about this, but what was it like the minute you went, I'm throwing the ball, I'm healthy, and I can trust it? I tell you what, I, I had a start. Um, it was when it, in the Arizona Rookie Ball League when I was with the Cubs, and it might have even been a live VP, uh, some situation where I was actually facing hitters for the first time, and the ball was coming out well, and man, I sat down on the bench and I just cried. And I've talked to a lot of people and it's like a lot of people have that same reaction, that same emotion. And even 
right now I, I go back to that I'm, I can picture it sitting there and just it's a man it's a, a feeling that because we played the game for so long and when it gets taken away you want to continue to feel well but when it finally happens and your mind switches over to hey now I'm healthy I'm thankful that I'm healthy it's a big big um, encouragement to yourself that's uh, kind of a weight lifted off your back um, for lack of better terms you know, we're not supposed to root for you guys, but uh, obviously, uh, as an Oakland A, you're always going to be an Oakland A, and we we root for you. I, I remember when you got engaged. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's how, how life works. But you know, we're always going to root for you and pull for you. And I I'm so happy that you're in this frame of mind because I know just how tough it is to come once you go under the knife. It, it, it's a whole different story. Well, guys, I, I can't speak highly enough of the A's organization and what they did for me in my career. And there's so many people to thank from Bo Mel to David Forrest to the whole front office and um, training staff over there, Nick Paparesta when he was there and our ways there and when I was there. And it's just one of those situations where you, you feel a bond, a connection, because they let me pitch through some tough times, some good times. I, I had good and bad days over there, but I grew a lot as a person and I'm so thankful for what they did in, in trusting me with the ball every five days. And that's something that I don't take lightly. And I, I mean that sincerely, um, the thankfulness that I've got for that organization. And, and I wish the best, too. Obviously, I, I'm over here now and I want to pitch and compete. And, and that's a different story when we step between the lines. But from the outside looking in, um, what a, an outstanding organization to be involved with and uh, how they treated me. Hey, good luck to you. Be safe. And, you know, we're always going to be pulling for you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. God bless you. Take, take care. All right. See you. Well, I truly hope he revives his career up in the Pacific Northwest. He's the kind of guy you're always going to root for. Same thing here. James Caprellian, another Tommy John surgery. It's not easy to come back from this surgery, but he has. He's excited to come back up. We know he went back down, but he's going to play a part in this franchise going forward. Here's James. James, welcome to A's Cast Live. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. And, you know, the last time we talked to you at spring training, you know, we were talking about Las Vegas and how uh, you guys were going to have a terrific staff at Las Vegas. But now, obviously, things have changed and you are in the big leagues. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, it's good to be here. And uh, obviously, it's a great group of guys. And I'm uh, very happy to get here and contribute with you guys. You know, always one of the great stories. And we've talked to Fran Reardon about this over the years, the manager of Las Vegas is just how do you tell a guy he's going to the big leagues and he's going to be able to achieve his dream? Uh, tell us a great story. Tell us how they told you you're going to the big leagues. Yeah, so I was actually uh, in my room. Um, it's probably about 10, 15 at night. And, uh, you know, just watching a little Seinfeld, just trying to get a good laugh in before I go to bed. And uh, they, they uh, called me down to the boardroom where uh, a lot of the staff and coaches were hanging out and, um, I think watching some of the games or or whatever, and you know, I headed down there, and um, you know, I walked in, and they're all you know sitting at the table, and first thing they asked me before I get it even like a hello in or anything like that is, have you ever seen the movie The Natural? And you know, obviously me being a baseball player, I said yes. It's been a while though. They go, all right, we want to, we want you to watch this scene right now, and they uh, showed me the scene where um, you know they tell the guy he's going to the big leagues, and then they paused it right after that, and. Um, they looked at me and they go, hey, you earned it flat out. You're going to the show, kid. And they all stood up and clapped. And um, it, was, it was 
pretty special feeling. Um, obviously not the way I imagined it, um, but they did a really good job of, of making it a special moment for me. And, um, you know, I can't be more thankful and grateful for that. Yeah, we're in the strangest times, at the sport, but it doesn't matter strange times or not. This is something that you've prepared yourself for a long, long time. You dreamt about it as a kid. You thought that for sure this thing's going to happen when you're drafted in the first round out of UCLA by the Yankees. We'll get into the setbacks in a minute, but, you know, to finally hear those words, what was it like? Who'd you call first? What did you do when you went back to your room? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just uh, not, I don't know, almost a relief, but at the same time, I kind of immediately looked back at, you know, the whole process of, of the things I've gone through, the trials, um, the good things, the bad things. Um, you know, I've been kicked down a couple times and, and I've gotten back up. You know, that's what we do. Um, and, and I think for me, that's hearing those words that I was going to the big leagues and, and going to be up here with these guys in Oakland. Um, it was just just a, a feeling of relief. So immediately, you know, I called my dad, um, had a special you know moment with him on the phone. And um, I could hear how excited he was on the phone. I could hear it in his voice and, and how, you know, important it was for him too because you know he was my little league coach um you know kind of the one who, who has always been in my corner with me and um it was just a special moment for us to uh to share on the phone and, and obviously as soon as that you know as soon as as soon as uh you know we got over the excitement of me getting to the big league we talked about you know what i need to do and uh to you know stay in here so uh it was it was a special phone call for me and and uh yeah i'll never forget that yeah, we, we've talked to a lot of pitchers, and you know Chris Bassett, and we just talked to Kendall Graveman. You know, you, you have Tommy John surgery. There's no guarantee. Everybody tries to act like, oh, you have Tommy John surgery. You get a new arm, you're going to be fine. There is a total battle coming back mentally and physically from Tommy John surgery. You had, some, you had some rough times with it, too. It's not as easy as everybody makes it out to be. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. There's there's times um, there's days where it's really tough, and you got to do your best to to push through that. I mean, it, it's just there's no there's no book on how to really go through it. You know, everyone feels different emotions during those times, and uh, it's tough. I mean, you're in Arizona, you're in wherever you're, you know, Arizona or Florida, wherever your rehab facility is, and it's it's kind of depressing there. You know, guys are all hurt and. and and you don't want to be there. You want to be out competing. You know, that's that's what I, that's what my job is. My job is to go out there, compete, and give my team a chance to win. And, you know, for the first time in my career, I was told, you have to wait. You have to wait. So it's kind of been up to this point, hey, be patient, be patient, be patient. And, and uh, you know, I think that also, you know, pulls into the same thing. Hearing, hearing the news, getting into the big leagues, um, the patience has finally, you know, got me to this point. And, and now we can finally start this thing. It's funny when people talk about making debuts, we were so used to, you know, family the reaction of family members and, and friends. And obviously now they're just funny. We're not going to have that. But uh, like I was talking about last night with like Jesus Lizardo, there may be nobody in the stands, but I hope you guys do realize the amount of people that are watching on television watching on the MLB app, listening here on A's Cast and the A's Radio Network, when you make your debut, there will be a lot of eyeballs on you. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I, I know how many people I have back home supporting me and my family, um, friends, just the community that I grew up in. 
um, all sorts of people who've, who've backed me, been in my corner and been reaching out telling me they've been following me um, even since I was a Yankee. So I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. And, you know, it is disappointing that my family can't be here. But at the end of the day, I'm almost going to have two debuts. Um, you know, I got this debut and it's an empty stadium with the fake crowd noise being pumped in. But at the end of the day, uh, at some point, hopefully next year, um, you know, I'm going to be pitching in front of fans again. So I'm sure I'm almost positive um, my family is going to be able to uh, all be here and blow that one up. So it'll be uh, just as exciting then, too. You know, looking at your career in the minor leagues, you haven't spent a whole lot of time coming out of the bullpen. You're a starter. That's who you are. What is it like yeah. for you? Because uh, we all know starters, you have your team, you pick every five days. What's it like for you now coming out of the bullpen? I'll be ready to go. It's uh, That's not really a concern of mine. You know, for me, it's, it's do what I got to do to make sure I'm feeling good every single day, um, eating the right foods, putting the, putting the right nutrition in my body, training the right way make sure I'm doing the right uh, arm care and stuff. And um, I do believe I am a starter with a four-pitch guy, and I feel confident throwing all those pitches. But at the same time, you know, if it's coming out of the bullpen to help this team win, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I think for me, it's just make sure I'm feeling good and, and uh, alert and ready to go. And um, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't think the transition to being a reliever should be uh, too too difficult. And, I, you know, fortunately for me, already in just the day I've been here, I've talked to a lot of these relievers about kind of routine things that they do and, and, and preparing and, um, they've given me some good insight. So um, just going to continue to, you know, lean on these guys, learn as much as I can and and uh, do what I can to get comfortable and settled in. You know, last night, you know, we kind of saw something historic. You, you you know, two walk-off grand slams in 11 games. If, if the A's somehow you guys can have one more, no team in the history of baseball has had three walk-off grand slams in a season let alone in 60 games. So what was it like being there last night? Here you show up and uh, walk off Grand Slam. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. I'll, uh, I'll take that for my first game in the big leagues, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty special. Pretty pretty awesome moment. Obviously, Piscotty had an absolute laser out there, um, you know, uh, but just just awesome to be a part of that. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, it could be history here if we do, do another one. So, um I know, you know, pitchers and hitters obviously would like to, you know, get those get those runs in early, but, um, you know, we'll take wins any way we get them. You know, take us to San Jose, to San Jose Municipal, where the alternate side is. What was it like being down there? Because you got you got guys that are ready to become big leaguers, and then, of course, you, you're playing against the young kids just because they don't want them to lose a year. What was that like? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely a little challenging because you want to make things as game-like as possible. Um, I think that's probably the most difficult part is, is for me personally, um, that was my um, biggest thing I wanted to focus on is every time I got the ball every fifth day out there, I was I was trying to treat it like it was the big leagues. I was, you know, locked in, serious, treating it the same way, going through the same routines, um, just to kind of just prepare um, for being here and being able to help this team win when that, uh, you know, phone call did eventually come and I think that's the biggest challenge is, is just making sure the intensity is there um, but yeah we got a lot of talent there as well and, and guys are doing everything they can to stay ready and um, you know hopefully some more guys get an opportunity that I'm getting at some point down the road and you can give us a scouting report on some of these young kids that are down there Soderstrom, Austin and there's they're some really talented kids and, and they're young yeah we got some we got some good young talent down there it's uh it's fun getting to talk to those guys um, obviously they are very young and they have, you know, plenty of learning to do about the game, but you can already tell there's, there's a ton of talent there. 
and uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys develop and be able to contribute in, in the future here. Um, those guys those guys can swing it and they can play. So they're here for a reason, and, um, you know, we, lo- we love that. It's good to have them. Well, you've battled the adversity. You've shown your toughness. You have earned this promotion. No question about it. Congratulations to you. You've earned it. We can't wait to watch you pitch. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Likewise. Same to you guys. Thank you guys for having me very much. And the man who managed James Caprellian down at AAA is Fran Reardon, who's now in San Jose. He's running the alternate site where all these players, the older guys are getting ready in case they need to be called up. The younger guys are just trying to sharpen their skills. We got a chance to check out Fran down at San Jose Municipal Stadium. Here is the manager of the Las Vegas Aviators. Fran, you know, the last time we spoke with you here on A's Cast Live, that was down in Las Vegas when the A's were taking on the Cleveland Indians. That seems like forever ago. Yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? I mean, it it, it is crazy, but uh, welcome to the Bay Area. And uh, how, how has this alternate site been going for you? You know, it's, it's, been as, uh, it's been as smooth and as productive, I think, as it possibly could be. Um, you know, the, the San Jose people have been wonderful. The stadium's worked out really well for us. Uh, I know the guys are getting a lot of work in, and, uh, you know, it's just been a great situation so far, considering the circumstances. You know what people forget, and I talk to Bob Melvin about this all the time, is that they look at you as a manager, and obviously as a manager, you're a leader of people, but also you still are a teacher at heart. What has this been like for you, the other coaches? That this I, I got to think this is a whole lot of instruction and teaching a lot of young players, along with the guys that have to be ready to come up and play in the big leagues. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting dynamic you're talking about because I think as a staff, we've never had the opportunity. No matter who it is, we have a great staff here, but we've never had the opportunity to to work with you know the the veteran players that have big league time that are that are being, you know, have to be ready to go and produce at the big league level. And at the same time, there's a group of players here that are, are young, you know, high round picks or our prospects or free agent signings that really need that instruction and really need to, to learn some things about their game and, and develop. And there's a, there's, there's quite a balance and quite a fine line to making sure the guys are big league ready that need to be. And then making sure the guys are learning and getting the instruction they need so they can develop in the future big leaguers. You know, this was something that, you know, we talked about with Oakland, and this happened with all 30 teams, is when you went back to your home stadium, you only have one field to where when you're down in Mesa or you're in Florida or Arizona in your spring training facility, you have endless fields and endless places to work out. What is it like having this many players and only one diamond to play on? Well, logistically, it's not ideal. I mean, like you said, it's from a spring training situation. You have five, six, seven fields to work with, and you know you, you need guys to get reps. Uh, for instance, in San Jose, there's only one cage, and we have 17 hitters. So to be able to cycle guys in and out of the, the cage in the morning just to get their cage routine in, take some staggering of arrival times and uh, you know stretch times and, and deep defense times, but at the same time, we're responsible – to make sure these guys are, are staying safe and, and socially distanced. So, you know, having those staggered stretch times and arrival times gives them the ability to, you know, get in, get outside with, with limited number of players and, and get, get their work in. So the work is just more concentrated. Uh, but, yeah, the, the 
the logistical side of it hasn't hasn't been ideal, but you know we're just making best of the situation that we have here, and you know, everyone has a job to do. Take us through what like a a regular day would be for you guys. Well, you know the the pitchers and and catchers arrive with a, a few young players, and the pitchers obviously have their workday schedule based on their workload, um, how many innings they're trying to build up to, if they're throwing a, a bullpen that day, if if they're you know, throwing live in a game, um, the position players go and they get their, their cage routine out of the way and then stagger back and forth between the cage and the field for defensive work. And then we have a second group that comes in about an hour later and basically does the same thing position player wise, does their cage routine and, you know, their defensive work, uh, they have base running that day. And then at the end of the second session, there's a, some sort of simulated game, which is you know, very important for, for both the guys that need to get at-bats and innings for be big league ready, and then the younger guys that need the at-bats that they're missing out on this year because there's no minor league season. So, you know, it could be a four-inning sim game. It, you know, we could only have two and a half innings, or <laughs> it, it just depends on, on who needs innings. And that's where we try to keep it interesting. You know, we've drafted two teams here. So there's a, a gold team and a green team, and, you know, we're we're keeping track of records, and we're we're trying to make this as as competitive as possible, so the guys can, you know, mimic what it's like to at least compete again. And I think that's very important, given the fact that, you know, some of these guys won't have a season, and the guys that do go up and play in the big leagues are going to have to be ready to compete at a really high level. So, very hard to duplicate in this kind of a situation, but I think very necessary. That is pretty fascinating. It's it's the it, it's not only are you keeping their skills sharp, but you're also keeping the mental side sharp from the standpoint of hey, you still need to compete. You still need to go out and win games. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we have 29 players here, and some of them are going to be called to Oakland to to help a, our, our big league team win games, and some of them won't be. But you still have to keep an edge about you. You still have to keep a, a competitive spirit about you every day. And sometimes it's not easy. You know, we're just in the, the first week of August here. But we're going to hopefully be here for a couple more months. And uh, it's going to get harder as, as we go along for guys to stay engaged and guys to stay motivated and keep that edge. And uh, I think that's what will be our biggest challenge as a, as a staff and something that we communicate about regularly. Yeah, you know, it's so key for the really young players that they didn't lose a year. And Poisson and, and Salderstrom, the, the new draft pick. What has it been like to have these really young kids playing with guys who, you know, you know, one guy's 17, one guy just went to prom and graduated high school, and now you're playing with guys that have big league experience? Well, I, I think in a lot of ways, the young guys being able to be around the older guys is is – might be a better situation than them playing a short season in Arizona or whatever the case is, where, wherever they would play, because this is invaluable experience for them being around these guys that have so much knowledge and so much experience and have played at the highest level that they just frankly wouldn't have had otherwise. So I, I think the guys, the younger guys, especially have been sponges, you know, watching, asking questions, trying to learn as much as they can. And, We've got a special group of uh, veteran guys here that are more than, than willing to, to help these guys out and, and try to teach them from their experiences and you know just their, their time in the game. And at the same time, they, 
both both sides, the young guys and the veteran guys, know that they have a job to do. And I think that's not being forgotten as well. You know, Jesus Lazardo is going to go today for the Oakland Athletics against the Texas Rangers. And my biggest question is, it's it's not his stuff. We know his stuff is absolutely electric. It's incredible. It's what actually can he give the ball club? When when you look, as he, he's, he's never had a, a big workload in any season. What do you think from like an inning standpoint and a pitch count standpoint, Jesus Lazardo can give you? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, Bob and Emo have a, a plan for him as far as how many they're going to go. Whether it's you know four and sixty, five and seventy-five, but you know he's had some tough luck with injuries. But he's a he's a big, strong kid, and he's a, a huge competitor. And what can you expect from him? You can expect elite stuff for as long as they're going to let him go. And that, I think that's that's really about as much as you can ask from a young pitcher, especially one making his major league debut. But if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure that Jesus is not going to be uh, flustered by this moment. The moment's not going to be too big for him just because of the, the quality of character and competitor and, uh, frankly, the stuff speaks for itself. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great night for, for uh, our whole organization. Is he just one of those guys when you had him and you're managing him, you were like, wow, this is this kid is something special. One hundred percent. Just watching his five pitch arsenal, five elite pitches, and the way he commands them, and the way he's trying to learn and get better. Um, he he still did some things that you know were frustrating at times. That hey, I, I don't care if you're going to be a, a fifteen year big league starter, uh, you know, future Cy Young Award winner. You still need to learn and get better. But he was always receptive to things, and he was always open to any suggestion that could possibly make him better. And that's what the great ones do. And, you know, you could see it in his work the days he wasn't pitching. You could see it in the days he was pitching. Just one of those guys that you knew is going to be special. James Caprellian has been called up to Oakland. How was he throwing the ball? He was throwing the ball really well. You know, I had him for maybe three or four starts at the end of last year. And I think, it, you know, the innings caught up with him a little bit and maybe he didn't have the zip on the, the heater and the life on the, the breaking stuff that he had early in the year. But, you know, he's been very impressive this whole summer camp. And, you know, he's, he's worked very hard since he got drafted and been through a lot of things injury-wise and changing teams. And, you know, it's been nothing but a great teammate. And to, to see him get rewarded for, for years of hard work is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and you know, some of these guys, when they go through, you know, you have Tommy John surgery. We just actually talked to Kendall Graveman about this. Uh, you talked to Chris Bassett about this. Everybody wants to act like, oh, it's an easy procedure. You just go under the knife, and 12 months later, you're back throwing. And that's not the case for everybody. It takes time for you to trust it. It takes time for you to know you're healthy. And I'm sure you've had to deal with a lot of players who have gone under the knife. Yeah, and the one thing that they all speak about is the, the mental hurdles that you have to get over at the very end. You know, when the doctors have cleared you to, to pitch at 100% effort and 100% velocity and, you know, getting past that that barrier of, is this going to be okay? And, uh, you know, to, to the man, they, they, are, they have put in so much time in the rehab process and they've made their bodies and, and arms so strong again that, 
you know, usually that doesn't take long, but it's still not an easy thing. And it's nothing that should be taken lightly, lightly from an outsider's perspective. Hey, you know, this guy got Tommy John. He'll be, he'll be back in a year and better than ever. Well, there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours that, that go into that player getting back to where he was or even at a better level. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. You know, one thing that's uh, f- fun to think about is Tyler Salderstrom. His father, Steve, was a first-round draft pick by the Giants out of Fresno State. He played for the San Jose Giants, and now his son is working out in the same ballpark he played in. Uh, when you look at Tyler, what do you see in this young catcher, the first-round pick for the A's? Well, he's he's got one of the more advanced bats I've ever seen for his age. I think he has three home runs and, and you know live live games so far this this uh, summer session with us. And for for him to come in and have that kind of ability, not only ability but confidence to to really let his skills shine in this kind of a scenario, he's opened a lot of people's eyes that haven't seen him play, and he is he is impressed across the board with his uh, his demeanor, um, his bat, and his ability and, and hunger to get better. So he's he's been a really fun kid to be around so far. And, and I'm telling you that that is something special. You know, if we were talking to you in Las Vegas right now, it'd be 105 degrees. Has it been a, a California summer where it's like 82 degrees, 80 degrees every day? It, it's been amazing here. Um, that's one thing that's been a, just a huge positive for us is we're, We've had consistent weather, 80, 85 every day, a little bit of a breeze to keep it cool and uh, no rain. So we, we've been very lucky in that aspect. And just just overall, San Jose has just uh, been very, very positive on, on all fronts. Yeah, you know, we I, I, I moved here in 1991 uh, to go to school and play ball at San Jose State, and I've been here ever since. And uh, I just think it's great that you guys are so close to Oakland. And, and, you know, we're seeing this, you know, the Giants have their guys up in Sacramento. It's just it, the fact that we can still be playing baseball right now at the big league level and plus have these alternate sites are really good. But how do you, how do you feel and have you talked to a lot of guys that you have managed who are not playing right now, and how's their mental mindset of not having minor league baseball? Well, it's it's not good. I mean, it's tough to to be in what some of these guys are in the prime of their career and not not have a season and not have a chance to to get better and not have a chance to produce and show the organization, you know, what you can do and how you can help and how you can get closer to being a big leaguer. And that's I think the the most difficult part of this and really the most sad part of it is there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players across the country that just have a lost season. And, you know, you, you think about the perspective of what actually is going on in the world. It's not the worst thing, but at the same time, it's the industry we're in. So it's, it's obviously talked about a lot and thought about a lot. And you, you just hope that everything gets back to some sort of sense of normalcy so that, you know, we can, we can play baseball again as we know it next summer. Yeah, I feel bad for those high school seniors who lost their senior year, whether it's high school or it's college or just it's just uh, it's been really rough for all sports, and especially for baseball. But we always love chatting with you. It's great to have you in town. Uh, continue working with the guys and having great success. And we'll talk soon. OK, thanks so much. 
Fran has become a good friend of the program. Love having him on. Melissa Lockhart covers the athletics for the athletic. She does a great job with the the big team, the big club, but also in the minor leagues. She's been studying it for years. So how happy was she that Jesus Lazardo was finally getting his first start? Here is Melissa. Well, it's obviously going to be a big night at the Oakland Coliseum. And Melissa, you've covered the A's minor league system as well as anybody. I think even you have to be super excited to see Jesus Lazardo finally make his first start in the big leagues. Oh, I, I am super, super excited. Probably more excited than most people. I think there's nothing better in sports than debuts in baseball. Um, you know, and obviously he's made his major league debut before, but to be, you know, have it be his first start is, is a special thing. And, you know, just you're, you're the center of attention in baseball, whether it's you're having your first at bat, making your first start, making your first relief appearance because of the nature of, of how it works. And you get to see sort of the emotions on players' faces and the joy, you know, that they get to do it. It's obviously too bad that there can't be 50,000 people there watching them do it, but um, I think this is going to be the start, hopefully, of a really great era in ace baseball. Yeah, and, and, you know, the one thing, you're totally right. I mean, there's going to be no one in the ballpark but all of our cutouts, but there's going to be a crazy amount of people watching. I mean, that's kind of something that I, I hope he understands. You know, there, these games are getting record ratings, and the fact that he's going to be going tonight, I expect the ratings on NBC uh, Bay, uh, California and also on A's cast and, and, our, and our radio affiliates, I expect the numbers to go up tonight. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I remember back in 2003, uh, we had just moved back to the Bay Area from the East Coast and Rich Harden was making his debut and we got the TV set up in a new apartment and stuck the wire in the wall and like, you know, it was grainy, but that was must-see TV back then. And I feel like this is a very similar sort of thing. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, the potential, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, you can imagine how good the team can be when you see him pitching as well as he's capable of pitching. And, and he's just so fun to watch on the mound, too. He doesn't labor. He kind of uh, changes his tempo a little bit. He's got so many different pitches. Um, so I think it's kind of just entertaining to see him work regardless. But the fact that it's going to be his first one, I hope everybody tunes in tonight. You know, we spoke with Fran Reardon earlier down here in San Jose as he's at the alternate site. And I was asking him, you know, how good do you think he can be? And, you know, he's he has nothing but full praise. My only concern, and with, like, the callers that I have on the A's Clubhouse show and on A's Talk, is they're acting like he's riding in on a white horse and he's Sandy Koufax and he's going to lead you to the promised land. But the reality is, after I did a deep dive on his numbers, he doesn't have a big body of work. He hasn't really logged a lot of innings. So... Am, am I getting my hopes up thinking he can go six or seven or am I, or I should be, should I be realistic and knowing that probably the best you're going to get out, get out of him is maybe four, hopefully five. Well, I mean, in that release appearance that he had uh, what, five days ago or so, you know, he basically makes a better throw and he gets through four innings. And I think they're hoping that he builds another 15 or so pitches off of that. So I, I think five innings is, is realistic tonight as long as he's, efficient with his pitches and from there you know I think he can build up obviously the bulk of work issue has been the main lingering concern even before all the pandemic stuff stepped in because there was always a sense that there was a limited number of innings that you think you would have gotten out of him this year uh, that in, in relation to the whole season now is not really an issue but um, you know he hasn't necessarily had the regular seven innings um, each turn that you would like to see. Uh, but, you know, pitchers aren't necessarily developed that way as much anymore in the minor leagues. I think they do tend to keep them around that five inning 
limit for the most part, just to kind of keep the wear and tear off of them until it really matters up in the big leagues. So I don't know that it portends anything uh, long-term for him, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, You know, I think if he can stay healthy, there's no reason he can't be a seven inning guy every time he's out there. What's the most innings he's ever thrown in one game? Do you know? You know, I do think he, I know he's made it into the, to the sixth inning a few times that, you know, that season that he pitched, in Stockton and in Midland, um, they started to let the reins get loosened a little bit towards the end there. I don't know that he's actually gone a full seven, but he was on a pretty strict innings limit that season too, because it was his first full year back from Tommy John. So, you know, the fact that he had Tommy John surgery his senior year of high school has made it a little difficult for him to have a typical progression because his first two years of pro ball, he was basically building his way back from that surgery. And then, you know, last year with the two shoulder things, it sort of blocked him in there. But I don't think there's anything about his stuff that would make you think he couldn't turn a lineup over four times. It's just more of a matter of, you know, him needing to be healthy enough that they feel comfortable with that number of pitches. All right. So Cody and I have brought this up and fans didn't like it. I can tell you they responded uh, in multiple ways, letting me know. I thought they think I'm crazy because everybody just wants to be a starter. But in a shortened season like this, you know, if he could come out, if he's only going to give me four, would I want the first four or would I want the four after and then give the ball to Liam Hendricks? What do you think about that? You know, I, I think it, it it sort of depends because I, the problem with having structured kind of tandem situations like that where you have like a, a three or a four inning weapon in the bullpen is that it only sort of works in perfect situations, right? When all the built bullpen usage around it sort of happens the way you'd expect it to. But I think you only have to look at the first two weeks of the season to see how quickly that can kind of sort of fall apart when you've got you know, guys going like Jordan Weems and, and Bert Smith, multiple innings and, and, you know, kind of leaning on them really heavily early in the season when you have Hendricks having to come in two days in a row in really tense situations and then not be available the third day or Diekman has a 34 pitch inning. You know, I think those sort of things tend to happen so much in a bullpen that having a guy that you save as a four inning reliever, um, who isn't necessarily going to be able to be available then for the next three days can kind of throw the balance of a bullpen offline. So um, I think in theory, having a guy that could come in like that and shut everybody down from the fifth inning on is, you know, a pretty good idea. But in practice, the way it's sort of every time they've tried to introduce it in the minor league level and some other thing, as soon as there's one injury or one crazy extra inning game, it sort of falls out of whack. So, I mean, at least here, you know, that you're going to get a certain number of innings from him on a certain day, or at least you kind of hope that and you don't have to kind of have it be reliant on the bullpen guys around him for how he'd be used. So Jordan Weems is placed on the IL and James Caprellian is coming up from San Jose. You know, this guy, he was a big time prospect out of UCLA. He, he feels supposedly, we talked to Fran, he feels healthy. He's been throwing the ball real well. What are your expectations for James? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be coming up in a relief role, so that's obviously different than I think what you would hope or expect from him long term. I do think he's still a guy that, you know, maybe next year you can plug into the starting rotation. But first of all, I think it's just a great story that he's finally made it. Um, You know, he is a guy that came out of UCLA, you know, almost immediately was one of the Yankees' top prospects, huge amount of hype, and then all of a sudden these arm injuries started happening. It took a while for them to, you know, figure out he needed surgery, and then he has surgery and it took him a little while to get back to being on the mound once he got over to the A's while he was rehabbing. So, um, you know, he's gone through a lot uh, to get here. And I think just, you know, recognizing that 
that the journey finally got him to the big leagues was really cool. But, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy who, um, by the second half of last season, when he was feeling more comfortable with really letting it go, was starting to get that velocity back up into the like 93, 94 mile per hour range. He's got some good secondary pitches. Um, Ed Sprague, actually, I just spoke to him on Monday, had said that, uh, James was working on a little bit of a two seam to go along with his four seam fastball. So um, he, he's got a lot of different looks. I think in a relief situation, he can probably give you a couple of really quality innings now. And I'd look for more for him in the future. What do you think the plan should be for AJ Puck the rest of the the rest of the year? You know, I think with AJ, just given the amount of time that there is left in the season, that you know, assuming that he is healthy enough to get back to the point that he's. Um, on the mound, it probably does make more sense for him to be in some sort of a relief role because I, I think trying to build him back up into something more than uh, four or five innings is you probably just don't have enough time. So, you know, maybe he's the guy that you look at coming to, you know, be somebody who could come in every third day and pitch two to three innings and um, it doesn't completely throw off the whole bullpen uh, situation he still builds up enough innings that maybe next year he he can get into the rotation but um, just looking at the amount of time that's left on the schedule um, you know and the concern of every time it's gotten to a point where he's close to being able to be at starter level this injury's popped up um, you know maybe you just kind of lower the expectations for the amount of innings you want him to throw this season you know I just feel so bad for all these young baseball players whether it's high school kids, college kids, minor leaguers who their seasons are just gone. And, you know, you think about how many minor leaguers there are out there and, you know, you want to think you're in the prime of your career. You want to have every chance you can to potentially get to the big leagues and you have no season. I feel so bad for these guys. Yeah, no, it's it's really tough. And, and, you know, for coaches too, I mean, this is what they live for is getting out there and making these guys better. And, they don't really have a chance to do that this year. So it, it's hard on everybody in the game right now. And, um, you know, you, you do, you, you, you know, everyone's getting physically a year older. And so to lose a year of your prime and not be able to be out on the field is really hard. Yeah. It's, have you been able to talk to any, any minor leaguers who, who are not able to play? Yeah, I've been texting with guys. You know, they're, they're keeping busy. Um, a, a number of them have been doing kind of online coaching and, and whatever other coaching. Some areas are a little more open than others in terms of being in person. But, um, you know, there, there's a, an A's minor leaguer, Ryan Gridley, who actually started an online coaching company, you know, before all this happened. And it's, it's really picked up and he's employed with quite a few of his teammates to um, do these sort of videos that, um, you know, kids will send them videos of their swings and they'll, they'll help them with different things. And they've got strength and conditioning programs and stuff. So they're, they're keeping busy. A lot of them are going back to school and trying to get credits towards finishing off their college degrees or whatever. So, but it's hard. I mean, you know, they also don't know there are opportunities if somebody gets hurt that, you know, one of them could be brought up to that alternate site. So, um, you know, I think some of them are trying to keep as ready as possible. You know, let's end on this. You know, Ramon Laureano has start has had such a great start to the season. He's really been, I'd say him, and I'd throw in Mark Canna. Everybody else has really struggled. But uh, sure. just watch him blossom. Just how nice and how much fun is it to see Ramon Laureano kind of come into his own? Yeah, I mean, he's as exciting a player as the A's have had in probably, you know, 20 years. I mean, you look at the way that he impacts both sides of the ball, um, the intensity he brings to both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that people want to work hard because they see how hard he's working. 
and um, and he's fun, you know. So I, I think it's it, it's kind of cool, I think, you know, to have a guy that can hit for power and run as well as he does near the top of the order and wearing a twenty number. I mean, I feel like that's a thing that should happen to the A's, you know, all the time. Um, and it's you know, he's kind of a littler guy, but yet he manages to to have a huge, um, powerful impact on the game. So um, I think they should thank the Astros every day that they didn't need him <laughs> because um, he's been a great addition to the organization. I mean, they basically just gave him to the A's. Yeah. No, I mean, they were, you know, they obviously, they had planned on not protecting him in the Rule 5 draft, and so they figured they'd get get something rather than nothing. But it's a little surprising that they would have got, given him to a division rival like that because I think they're going to be regretting it for a long time. <laughs> Melissa, great stuff as always. Love reading you in The Athletic, and we'll have you on again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. That will do it. We want to thank Kendall Graveman, James Caprillion, Fran Reardon, and Melissa Lockhart. Now back to A's cast powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 